Coming up on this episode, we begin by trying to figure out what normal people do, like filling up gas tanks and eating food. Then we get into a ton of this week's tech news, including the mercy killing of Blackberry Messenger, remixed Netflix, and what Disney Plus will add to the streaming landscape. Stick around, Don't Panic starts right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 240, recorded April 22nd, 2019, Squashed Beef. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast on gadgets, on the internet, on you. I'm Sean Jennings, joined as always by two guys who will break if you fold them in half. It's Colby Rabideau and Dan Miller. <laughs> you know, that has not been proven. We can we can do that. That's true. We can also. Do that. How often do we talk about you? The, yeah, we the, don't talk the, about the you part of it as much. No, I think we need to change that. Just do a whole episode where we only talk about our listeners. We, yeah, we talk. We address the listeners directly, and we only talk about them. Hmm. Or we could just change the the slogan to gadgets, the internet, and us. <laughs> oh, that that is gadgets, more accurate. The internet and ourselves. See, I was going to say yeah. we could do on gadgets, the internet, and whatever Apple announced this week. <laughs> That's probably pretty accurate. Um, yeah. Good, we're back. We're back. Making it happen. What would what would you guys like to say to the you, to the people out? Speak directly to the people. What would you like to say? Now's your chance. This is it. Uh, Floor's open. I think we need to have a a segment. If we were to do this, we would need to have a segment that focuses on everyday issues. Speak to the common man. Stuff, right, stuff that everybody faces. Not necessarily stuff that only the common man faces, but stuff that literally everyone has to deal with. And like... What's like setting now? up an email server. Setting up an email server. That, that was... you know, you're using an email server whether you know it or not. <laughs> Some, there's a server somewhere. Uh, what's, cleaning ovens. I guess rich people don't have to clean their ovens. Um, hmm. Yeah, what do normal people do? <laughs> I don't know. We're so elitist. I, it's actually it's tough to think of something that everyone, I mean, eating, we... we I feel like we've talked a fair bit about eating. There's been oh, God, some, yeah. some food-related picks. We've we've gone deep on breakfast. Have you guys eaten anything new recently? Um, no, but I, next time I'm on the program, I'll be able to talk about some new stuff that I've eaten. Okay, that, mm-hmm. a stellar tease. Yeah. Ah, new stuff that I've eaten recently. I had my first ever, like, kitchen meltdown it wasn't a meltdown i had to start dinner over last friday i just had to boop, start it over Aww. Uh, i was making risotto and i burned the rice and the the shit was already in there so i just started all over again mm. ate dinner at 12 30 shit dog. But it was fine yeah risotto's a lot of time you know yeah. it really isn't if i wasn't so anal retentive about all the ingredients and measuring things and double, triple, quadruple, quintuple checking mm-hmm. <laughs> to no avail. And uh, subsequently not anal retentive about burning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and subsequently not dexterous enough to handle the other things that need handling. I don't know. I haven't e- eaten anything new. How about you, Colby? Um, honestly, I don't think so. Here's the thing that, that everyone has to deal with. You all, We all need to charge our phones. And sometimes you just can't find, like, there's just not a charger where you want it to be. Can I bring a tech-related topic to the discussion here? Yes. Am I the only one who has had wild inconsistencies in his Apple Watch power supply? Apple so, Watch? Go on. Hang with me here. So... Like a month ago, I was having an issue where my Apple Watch always said it was 100% charged. I would use it for a whole day, still 100% charged. It always, it never said 99, never said, it always said 100% charged. Once I put it on the charger, then it would show the actual, like, you know, this is how much you have 
there, but anytime anytime I looked on the watch, it said it was 100%. It did this for like two months. Then there was a watchOS update, and then my watch started draining power like crazy. So now I get, I used to get like a day and a quarter, a day and a half of charge, and now I get like half a day, or like three quarters of a day. And I'm not any more active than I was. That I don't know what could possibly be using more power. It's very bizarre. It sounds very bizarre. But it would drive me crazy because I would never know when to charge the watch because it would always say 100%. I have never had that happen. I do feel that my Apple Watch's charging rate has gone down mm-hmm. over time. But it... It, right now, like it charges 60%. slower, you mean? Yeah, I feel like I leave it charging in the morning for roughly the same amount of time. There are two, there are two amounts of time that I'll leave it charging for. Uh, while I'm taking a shower and I don't shave, and then while I take a shower and I do shave. And it seems like in, like in the course of a week, if I don't take it off at night to charge it, I'll end up in a situation where I'm at like 10% by the end of the day because it just can't recover enough in those 20, 30 minutes that mm. I charged. Whereas before, I felt like I used to do that. Mm-hmm. But no, Sean, I haven't had that that particular problem. Is that relatable? I think it's pretty relatable. Okay. I think everyone can relate to chargers. Charging problems. Everyone can relate to charging problems. I feel like everyone can relate to traffic problems because even if you're not doing the driving, you're still upset by the traffic. You're now you might be unreasonably upset. Yeah, I did something out of character this week. I rented a car to, to for for Easter weekend travel. Uh-huh. Do you even remember how to drive? <laughs> Apparently, yes. Traffic was horrific. Um, but. It happened. I did not crash, uh, which was exciting. I perfectly timed the my gas usage um, because they gave me the car with half a tank, only half a tank of gas. Mm. And uh, so I was only required to return it with half a tank of gas. Um, but apparently I filled up at exactly the right moment. Uh, Why is that? Because when I got back to the car place, there was exactly half a tank of gas. Oh, Bravo. Now, are either of you the kind of people who try to, like, get specific numbers when you're filling up the uh, your car with gas? No. I never understood that. Like, like you want to get it a round number. You want to get, like, a multiple of five. Oh. I definitely used to do that sometimes, but uh, I'm, I've been out of the game so long. I think that makes sense if you pay cash. And you're mm. like, I put 20 bucks on the thing, and you're like, I'm going to get my full 20 bucks. But if you're paying with a card, I, I don't understand people who do that. Doesn't it just stop if you don't do that? Like, if you try to go over your 20, doesn't it just click off at 20? I suppose that's true. But then I guess they're like, but they, they don't want to do it like, you know. Yeah, I guess. How do they do that? Is there some way I could be doing that, too? Would that ruin the magic if there was a way you just type in, like, I'm going to spend $20? It might ruin the magic for you, but you could use that to show off to someone else. It's true. Like, if I could do it without them noticing that I did something. Right. I bet you could if there if there's an attendant there, like some gas stations mm-hmm. have, and you give them, you can probably give them a card and say, I only want 20 bucks worth. Yeah. One thing I've always wondered about is how the auto shutoff works. Like, how does it know? That was one of, I love, there's a, an Onion article i remember that was really great and the headline was a play on scientists convene for 35th annual science convention to figure out how gas things know how to finish you know i had pictures of scientists trying to figure it out it was very funny and i'm like that is a good one that is a good one yeah yeah i i wonder every time i don't know i don't know i there's some mysteries of science that cannot be explained. Just magic. So, we skipped a week. We did. No show last week. 
so we must have some pretty bitchin' tech news to talk about. I mean, there are there are certainly a lot of stories in the rundown. Are they worth talking about? You be the judge. Uh, while you guys are choosing our first story here, I want to thank everybody who's joining us live right now on the internet uh, at facebook.com slash don't panic show and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash don't panic show. You can join us live Monday nights at about 1015 Eastern. Uh, follow us on Twitter for an alert when we go live at don't panic show. And if you're watching live, thank you. Be sure to comment on those respective sites I just listed. Uh, it will uh, we'll read it and we'll talk about it. So where are we going to begin, guys? Biggest story of the two weeks. Rest in peace, BBM. Of course, the biggest story. <laughs> That's right. Well, we, yeah. we, we, we do love our defunct technologies here on the show and put another gravestone in the in the cemetery. Blackberry Messenger shutting down in May. Now, just the consumer version. Um, apparently, Indonesia-based media conglomerate MTech took over its development in 2016, uh, but they couldn't couldn't keep it running. Uh, apparently they bloated it quite badly with games and channels and ads and all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, now that it's being shut down, BlackBerry is making its enterprise-grade encrypted BBM available for personal use. Um, the encrypted version is available now on Android devices, including BlackBerry's... Uh, I don't know if they're still selling them, their BlackBerry devices, um, for a two forty nine for a six-month subscription moving forward. So... The free consumer version of BlackBerry Messenger is dead. Were you guys ever BlackBerry users? No. No. Okay. I skipped that, the BlackBerry, and went straight to the iPhone. I had dumb phones until I had an iPhone. Good days. Good days back in the BBM days. Now, I have a question. If... uh, BBM will be defunct once it shuts down. Does that mean right now it's funked? Hmm. It's full of funked. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's pro-funked. Pro-funked. Hmm. Funkedful? <laughs> Anti-funked. Anti-funked. Well, that would be if you didn't like the fact that it was funked. If you wanted it killed, you would be anti-funked because it is funked and you're against that, so you're anti-funked. Mm, right, right. So put this back on track hearing you describe their service i'm realizing that they were they there could have been a play that they could have made to capitalize on this the the resurgence of privacy and encrypted uh communications because they were well known for that and if they would have come out and say like, hey like here's just like a passable thing like it's got the bbm brand it's encrypted end to end and we have the experience to to make you trust that and it doesn't have to be anything fancy and then if they did the thing where it just works with phone numbers instead of having to like do all the other stuff i think that it would have been an interesting thing to try but i guess we'll never see it i think what i understand from this very short article on Engadget is that uh, when MTech purchased uh, BlackBerry Messenger, they didn't get the encrypted version. BlackBerry kept the encrypted version. Now, could they have mm-hmm. added encryption? Possibly, but mm-hmm. um, but all they got was just the sort of low-end consumer version with BlackBerry hanging on to the uh, encrypted version they were known for. So, all they really... I, I would just guess all they bought was the name and a contacts database. I mean, that's... I don't know how much cool, awesome technology they got for purchasing this. Yeah. That's a good so. point. But okay. It is, it is crazy when company because who bought, um, not, uh, Nokia? Who bought Nokia? The Nokia name. Microsoft. Was that who it was? I but then didn't so. they sell it to somebody? Yeah, I think they spun it out. It's eventually. like those old tech, or it's like the people who bought Polaroid, the name, just the name, and now they're slapping it on all kinds of stuff. Like, it's Ooh. weird how some of these old tech brands, or Palm, when HTC bought Palm and then Palm was sold to, it's not HTC anymore. It's someone else to, I just think it's weird how these sort of old tech names sort of just get bought and sold and slapped on things. And I guess they hold some sort of value to consumers. Yeah, it looks like Microsoft sold Nokia in 2016, and I think to HMD Global, founded by a Nokia executive. Sounds legitimate. Um, and like associated with Foxconn, so. Oh, that's right. They're still around. I don't know of. what they're doing with it, but. 
Did you know that the Nokia headquarters is in uh, Sweden? A kind of Espoo, Finland. Oh, Finland. Yes, that's Espoo. right. Big Finnish company. I wonder what the most successful companies in Finland are. Well, I could tell you the one for, for Denmark, but... I have not heard of any of these. Oh, those articles from 2006. List of largic, largest Nordic companies. Well, is Maersk the biggest one? It's the third biggest. Ah, okay, that's close. What about Lego? Lego is not anywhere on this list that's relevant. Bummer. Let's see, some ones you would have heard... The, in first place is Equinor <coughs> in Norway, which is oil and gas. Companies you would have heard of fourth is Volvo. Mm -hmm. Fifth is Ericsson. Ericsson, uh, right. H&M. H&M is number 14. Novo Nordisk, which is one of the big uh, pharmaceutical companies. They're number 13. Um... Danske Bank, which maybe you heard of, number 15. Uh, Carlsberg Brewery, 19. Oh, wow. Oh. Nokia, 20. Uh, yeah, so the list goes. Go. Electrolux, 29. Electrolux. I didn't even know they were still a thing. What's yeah, Electrolux? Electrolux was a um, appliance manufacturer known primarily for... Um, Vacuum cleaners originally, according to Wikipedia, they're the second largest appliance maker by units sold after Whirlpool. Dope. And Whirlpool. they now they do all sorts of. Well, they own a lot of sub brands too, but it's uh, they own Frigidaire now, um, and things like that. Mmm. Sounds chilly. Indeed. Indeed. Okay. Anyways, rest in peace, PPM. <laughs> you will be remembered? Question mark. Uh, goodbye. All right. Uh, Next up, story I, I number two. Like, I feel like I have a pretty good idea of where I want to take this, but if you anyone else wants to jump in, go for it. But I think next we have to talk about Netflix Shuffle. Shuffle off, I guess. We sure can. Uh <laughs> According to Android Police, in a recent update of their Android app, uh, the fine folks at Netflix seem to be testing two new features for the app. Before we get to the random one, let's start with the other one. Play a popular episode. Uh, and what it is is uh, of shows with a lot of, like uh, The Office, Arrested Development, Our Planet. Um, Netflix will use their ratings to know which are the most popular episodes, and they'll float those to the top first. So rather than just seeing a sequential listing, you will see the most popular episodes at the top. Um, and you'll be able to choose a popular episode. The other thing they're testing is a random episode button in the playback controls once you've started watching a series. Um, they're not doing it on every series, like ones that are heavily serialized, but if, you know, Friends or Parks and Recreation or one of those type of shows, you'll be able to mm -hmm. select uh, a random episode. What do you all think about this? I could be into it to be honest because there are definitely times where i like i go to arrested development and i don't want to pick up where i left off however i don't want to start at the beginning either and i would use this button however when it continued like once i finished the episode that it picked for me i would want it to continue sequentially from there not mm. uh keep sure not like go to a totally random one yeah I am aggressively on board with both of these. Um, All right. I, I'm shocked it took them this long to do it. Because for me, I agree, especially when you look at a series with, you know, like a 30 Rock or a Office or it's over 100 episodes. Um, I never know where to start. And I'm, I'm not a good one about jumping in. You got to scroll through a lot of episodes. And I kind of like the idea of them using algorithm. I'm assuming, big assumption, uh, I wonder how truly random it is or if it's random among like, is it going to choose the the few least watched episodes and make you mm. watch them? Or is it is it is it kind of algorithmically? I'm curious. But even with that, I think it's a great opportunity to float new episodes to the top for shows that have a large catalog and where I would really like this um, looking at the play a popular episode feature 
is on things like docu-series. Nothing with a narrative, but like, I'm trying to think of like a reality Mm. show type example. Or or like the uh, salt, fat, acid, heat. Any kind of of documentary series where it's like every episode is standalone, but I don't know which ones are good or not. And so play a popular episode with me be like, all right, this is the one really good one you should watch. Or like Nailed It is a good example of a show where it's like, if you didn't want to watch all of them, what are the couple good ones you can just jump to? Um, I think that's really useful. Mm. I like these features. Hmm. What do you think, Dan? I am not interested at all in playing a random episode. I cause, Because if I'm watching a TV show and I'm comfortable playing it in a random order, that means that I am familiar with it. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely <laughs> never want to play... Like, I have not exhaustively watched Friends. I would never want to play it in random order until I've seen it in order. Sure. I agree. Mm. But then... So for a show that I have seen, I feel like I would be annoyed at the continuity errors. Uh, maybe I wouldn't be, but like, oh, like here's an episode of Parks and Rec with Chris, and oh, now he's gone. It's like, well, wait, but you know, I I felt like I was. But you know why he's gone? Yes, but I don't know. I, it gives me something to hang on to in life, you know, like. I know how this is going to go. I'm going to watch one while I make dinner every night. And this is like how it's good. No, I, but, I agree with you, by the way. I listen to CDs and I know what song is going to come next because I've listened to that CD so much in order. And so I'm I, I get the value of of having a sequence for sure. Yeah. But the pick a like show me a good episode that I think could be great either for this. The scenario Colby outline of like I want to s- uh, give me a good 30 Rock episode, you know, R.A.P. 30 Rock on Netflix, and I want to start there, but then I want it to just keep going. Or, as you said, any sort of documentary, uh, whatever, the parts unknown, where yeah. there's a bajillion, but, you know, some exactly. of them are just okay, some of them are amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm into that. I'm curious if they'll activate it for all shows or not. You know, we, we don't we don't know the detail. I think it'd be insane yeah. to launch this as an option for every show. Yeah. Like, I couldn't even imagine some of these uh, really serialized shows going completely shuffled. You'd have to be a lunatic. <laughs> Game of Thrones. Yes. Ex- yeah, exactly. Something really in depth. Uh, so anyway, who knows when it's coming? It's just uh, just something they've been testing, so no idea if it'll actually come to a device near you, but keep an eye out. You never know. You might just be watching some random stuff. You never know. <laughs> Crazy hypothesis. Westworld's shuffle doesn't change the experience of the show at all. <laughs> Maybe it makes it better. Could Maybe be. that's how they want you to watch it. Right, right. Maybe there's a permutation where it's all in chronological order. That would not surprise me at all. Where it's like, you have you know, to build an algorithm to watch it the right way. Like, damn it, Westworld. Colby, I saw someone on on Twitter the other day complaining about how, uh, I think it was iTunes or something like that, where it, it, it lists out the episodes starting with the oldest one. They're like, why would you do that? I want the most recently released one first. Oh. And I was like, no, no, you no, 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 you don't. You think you want that. Yes, you want the most re- the like the most recently unwa- most recent unwatched episode first, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. unwatched being the <laughs> the optimal the uh, most important ab- adjective. Uh, man. All right. Sometimes I wonder what my life would be like if I had experienced True Detective like everyone else did. It was all downhill from there. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Okay, ready for the next story? Yes. Uh, If I'm I'm just... We got uh, two weeks of news here. We're just powering through them. If I'm just calling them out, I think now... So I think now let's do the folding thing. Okay. That's it. We've eased our way into the big story. It was only a couple weeks ago where we talked about the... The, like initial reviews of this 
we've I talked think... about it several times throughout its development, announcement, launch, and now unlaunch. Um, we talked about the Galaxy Fold, the $2,000 foldable phone from our friends at Samsung. Uh, they began releasing them into the wild as review units, and unfortunately, many of them failed. Um, two main uh, issues coming with these phones. One, there is apparently on the display itself a very thin, clear film that is a protective layer put on there from Samsung, but apparently a healthy chunk of reviewers thought it was one of those, like, we put the plastic on it when we ship it and you should peel it off. And then they peeled it off and it ruined the phone. It's actually a very important part of the display. That's problem number one. Problem number two is that uh, with that fancy hinge, apparently debris can get into the hinge and under the screen. Debris? <laughs> yes. That's the development character? Exactly. Um, gets it under the display, and as you're using it, it will crack and break the display. Um, Samsung took the phones back from reviewers and then said they were not announcing it uh, as being available for anyone. It won't hit shelves until sometime in May at the earliest, but they have not committed to any specific time frame. Uh, AT&T and T-Mobile were expected to carry the devices, uh, but no words on when they'll be available. The quote from Samsung said, uh, initial findings from the inspection of reported issues on the display show that they could be associated with impact on the top and bottom exposed areas of the hinge. There was also an incident where substances found inside the device affected display performance. Uh, they say they're going to take measures to strengthen the display protection. Uh, who knows I mean, how much that will require them to change this device. Here is something that I, I didn't realize was bothering me about this design until... I was reading these stories is when you say like, Oh, it's, it's a foldable display. What you think is that it's a, it's a, like a piece of paper or a scroll of parchment. Mm -hmm. You don't want it to be like a door hinge. You want <laughs> it to be like in almost infinitely foldable. You want it to be malleable. And as soon as you put it, like, I, I don't think there's a way it, it's like laptop hinges often have these problems the laptop the hinge in the laptop is its most fragile part in our all metal uh solid state laptop world that we live in it's by far the most fragile part except for apple's keyboards uh <laughs> but it actually they the the problems with a hinge are the same problems that are suffered with apple's keyboards because if you get something in the hinge uh right it can break it because you'll just like slam it closed, and so I am not. I, on the one hand, I'm like, what could they possibly do to like? I'm not sure that they could make it. It could never be as reliable as a phone without a hinge, right? If it, as soon as it has a hinge and it's not just flexible, then there's uh, a nut and like a little bearing, and it's rotating, and that thing is going to have a lot of force applied to it. Uh, I sure hope you don't actually like try to close it the opposite direction. Or I guess, does that work with these? No, it doesn't. Because, yeah. It, I, I, yeah. I, I remember thinking that this was cool, but then as soon as I heard the story, it's like, oh, of course this is worse. Like, wait, how could it not be worse? I just don't understand how this didn't come up. Like, did they not give this phone to anyone to, like, futz around with? I I can see how the, the screen film thing didn't come up because i feel like that's a thing that's like you can imagine like everyone who gets one of these phones knows that that's a thing it just never doesn't do it and don't consider that like a person not in the know would do it but mm -hmm. the debris debris everybody's got debris <laughs> don't we know it <laughs> uh yeah i don't know maybe maybe they didn't give them to people Yeah, yeah, maybe. So, uh, maybe it was rushed. Well, and you, you know, they had. I know that they showed because this was people had a question about the durability of this, but when they announced it, and they showed those sort of in the lab tests where they have the little robot opening it and closing it and opening it and closing it. That doesn't replicate real world debris. I mean, that this really right. is a true real world danger that you cannot is probably very difficult to replicate in a lab. Yeah, you know. So I think you're right. This is. I, it, to me, this is air power all over again. I mean, this is just a, a good idea that 
there's a reason why nobody else in the market is even close to launching one of these things. <laughs> and it's because right. the technology is not there yet. It's just not. And so Samsung got ahead of themselves as they've done in other... I remember they said, oh, we can definitely put bigger batteries in those Note phones. They'll be fine. And then they all exploded. It's like you can't get so far ahead of yourself that I feel very confident in saying that this phone at the earliest will be available in six months. At the earliest. And even that would surprise me. It's going to take them a while to go back and really figure out how to make this thing work. I don't think it's a good idea. No. The foldable phone it, at all. I think it needs to be a parchment. What, you roll it up? You could if you wanted to. That would be cool. Right. We're I think so it needs far to be away from that, that technology, flexible. though. But, uh, maybe we are. I'm just saying I think that's what it needs to be. Just like how the voice assistants are not actually good, in my opinion, until I can actually talk to it, which is, this is like a John Syracuse thing, until I... I actually can't tell that I'm not having a con I, until I can speak to it conversationally. It'll always feel worse and it'll always feel a little stilted and a little like I'm molding my, my brain into the shape that voice mm. assistant X demands. It'll always be bad. And we might be far away from being able to do that, but that is how it gets good. I think with foldable, foldable displays, uh, it's the same thing. It needs to be arbitrarily foldable at any point multiple times, yet rigid enough to stand on its own. And if it's if you if it's just like a folio, I don't. But I don't I, think it's gonna do but it. But to me, that's like people who were like, the ovens will never be great until they can cook some uh, a turkey in thirty minutes, and then they invented the microwave, and it was like. Ovens are still good. It's just microwaves do different things differently. I agree with you that maybe someday we'll get there, but I do think a foldable, I, I was looking at all the, you know, all the reviews on this device other than the screens breaking was that it's a really compelling form factor. Maybe this isn't the right phone. Maybe the technology is not there yet, but it's a compelling form factor. And the more I watch these reviews and, and the videos on them and all this stuff, all I could think of is in two to three years when Apple releases their version of this, I'm going to run out to the store and buy one because I'm very excited at the, the possibilities of this. And I agree with you, Dan. I hope one day we get to those like you see in all like the Marvel movies now where they got screens and they swipe stuff and they do this and, it, you know, it's all that science fiction stuff. I, I agree with you. That's great. We're a long way away from that, unfortunately. So I'll take what I, I can get today. But I would not take I would. I don't think it would, be, it would be cool enough for me to accept the downsides that would come with it having a mechanical hinge. Because that's such a downside. It's, it's, like, it's like the Apple keyboard. It's like, okay, it works, but it feels really risky because you might break it. At, like, it's just going to be worse uh, durability-wise. And, and then, like, much like the keyboard you could make it better by covering it in like a giant keyboard condom, which is going to make it way worse. And the have same you, thing with this phone, like, oh, you'll get a case for it. It's like, well, then you can't fold it. Have you seen some of the cases that they've put out for the fold? They're no. in, they look so dumb. It's <laughs> crazy. Cause the phone is already like crazy thick. And then you put like, and that's what they did like an otter box case for it. It was, it was like, there's, no way it fits in your pocket. Absolutely. You're going to need a bag to carry it. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Delightful. Actually, I'm just reminded of something that will take us way off topic. Do it. Can I, can I enlist your help in something? Oh, no. Oh, no. So uh, I'm going to a conference, much like the one I went to in December, but this time it's in Barcelona, which will be slightly better. And also what will be slightly better is that we will have a booth. And so, Sean, I am. You've been to some conferences, yes, and, and, and so I've been involved in conference planning. Ah, this is exactly what I wanted. So, here is my basic idea for our booth. I think like the good components of a booth are that there is a non-interactive thing that you can take and just have that mm -hmm. serves as a reminder of like here is that thing that you saw. Freebie. Uh, a freebie. It could just be a piece of paper, like mm -hmm. a handout. A handout. Maybe it's like a sticker or a T-shirt, but probably not. Probably just a handout. Sure. There needs to be the, a like thing on the booth that 
humans can use to talk mouth words at people, and it is a an aid. So in our case, that's a TV screen. Like we can, if someone's asking a question, we can like bring up our product on the TV screen and give a demo. Sure. But then I think there's the third kind of heat, as Jeff Donaghy would say, is the thing that that entices you to come over in the first place. But since we are not playing a numbers game, I don't want it to be like, hey, win a, win a free Nintendo Switch or mm -hmm. uh, spin the wheel and win a prize. Uh, it should be something that that is will filter out a little bit for the kind of people we want to talk to. Mm -hmm. So here's my... What I want is a giant, satisfying, like, think the Staples easy button, but bigger and, like, ka-chunk, just like a big emergency stop button almost this has no label except maybe it says push this button and then they push the button and our product is on the screen and it does something but it does not explain what happened uh with the idea being that like you could walk by and push it and then be like meh and walk keep going and it's like okay cool they pushed our button like better than nothing but hopefully what we want to get is the people who push the button they're like well wait what i saw some stuff happen like what did, what did that do? It's like, ah, oh, well, you see, like, it caused X to happen, and our product solves these problems, and we're surfacing this information. Uh, so is that, Sean and Colby, is that a crazy idea? And then I guess that's my first question. First of all, I work extremely closely with the person at my company who plans all of our events, like our shows, and I'm going to share this idea with her because... I'm just going to. So I just I just want to say that because that'll be fun. Dan, that is either, and I mean this seriously, a truly fantastic idea or a total disaster, and I truly do not know which. Because I can see it so radically going, and because I'm just thinking, like, how would that play out? And on one hand, I'm like, you know, the idea that you would have, I love the idea of the mystery element of it, the fact that, it's not like you push the button and win a prize. It's you push the button and you're like, so what? I, I love that idea of it. My And it's easy to push a button. And and the other downfall of a lot of these things is like, hey, come enter to win the PS4. But by entering, you're giving us your email. We're going to email the shit out of you after oh, this yeah. conference. Like, no, you just push the button. Yeah. Just push the button. My, my only concern is... If, if from a distance they can't tell what it is, which I guess is part of the gimmick, I'm concerned it will look really gimmicky. It will look like a game show. It will If, if, mm. if there's no indication as to what's going on, I think people will naturally be like, oh, it's some sort of flashy. I, I don't know how you communicate. Like it's, I wouldn't do like a giant button because I think that's too big. I think you should almost do, I'm just trying to think. I, I don't think that I can, because I need to buy this button, right? Like, I can't, I don't have the facility to create such a button. So, like, I imagine the biggest button I can get is, like, smaller than the size of my face. Like, I I imagine that is the largest button that I could buy from some, like, Chinese electronics distributor. I imagine, like, I think so you I don't even think get... it's actually going to be comically large. You could also probably get a lever. I was thinking, like, the Frankenstein the lever. lever. Yeah. That'd be, be cool. cool. Yeah. But I agree. I think maybe it shouldn't say nothing. Like, uh, like what would be awesome? Like, imagine this, John. You work at a roofing company. Imagine you had a roof mm -hmm. in your booth, and someone could pull the lever, and it just starts raining on the roof. Like, look, this is our roof. And, like, here's the roof part, and there's no water underneath it. Oh, yeah. People do like, that. Like, I think that would be what we want. It's like, crash the server. Like, ka-chunk. It's like... Look, we saw the server crash, and things are happening on the screen. And oh, you can click around in the UI too. Like here, here you go. Uh, but I don't think the button slash lever is what you need. That shouldn't be what gets people to the booth from across the room. I don't think that across the room is really an achievable goal at an eight thousand person conference. I disagree. Because okay. I, I think with the right combination of colors and signage and overall appearance of the booth, you can accomplish a lot. Because a lot of companies forget about that. They worry about the little things like the handouts and that kind of stuff. And sure, you get people when they get, but you got to get them to the booth in the first place. So, you know, what 
What are you doing in terms of big big signage? Not flashy signage, but company signage. I think we colors. have pretty. We have brand design colors, and it's green on like white, I think. And the behind us is our giant logo, and then on the front of the booth is, I believe, some verbiage about like what our product does, like understand, uh, update. I think there's the third like pillar of the product. Is it, uh, is it lit? Is your booth uh, lit in any way? Not, no. No. It seemed like they were, they t they told us like, here is the front of your booth, send mm -hmm. us a PDF. Here is the back of your booth, send us a PDF. Gotcha. And I'm not sure, and they also let us rent a TV screen which is attached to the back of our booth. And they were so crazy expensive, which drives me But nuts. you also don't have any options, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, they own you. <laughs> just, yeah, just like the food at the conferences, you don't have a choice. Uh, <laughs> eBurger80 in the uh, Twitch chat says you should get a don't panic button. Can do a little uh, cross promotion. Mm. <laughs> there you go. My boss would love that. If you're willing to do that, <laughs> I will my podcast. I will legitimately send. I'm trying to think. I will send like 20 don't panic hats with you to Barcelona, and you can hand them out. <laughs> I was going to say we could we could sponsor the button. Yes. There we go. Windmill <laughs> is sponsoring. Kubicon, and they are sponsored by <laughs> Don't Panic the Podcast. And then we just have to get a sponsor, and then the whole thing works out fine. <laughs> I think we just reinvented capitalism. Yeah. The Don't Panic Button, purple presented purple. by Energizer. <laughs> presented by Capital One. <laughs> yes. Don't panic, your money's in safe hands. <laughs> be like, what does this have to do with computers? I'm confused. <laughs> Don't worry, we all are. Uh... Sounds fun, Dan. Thanks. I think you're going to do great. And All hopefully right, well, we get thank a, you for the feedback. We I get a full report when you return. It's not for another month, so okay. Have some time. I look forward to your coworkers' feedback. Yes, I am definitely going to say, hey, in, in, in our next big show, can we do a giant button that you push and no one knows what it does when you push it? And I have absolutely no I, I think the key is that it has to do something. Yes. Oh, yeah, no. Like it's, you have to push it, and then you do notice that something happened. And then that prompts you to ask, like, more. It can't just be a button you push it and nothing happens. Well, for example... You're going to really piss people off. When you induction weld our plates, I mean, you heat the plate up to 500 degrees, it looks like nothing happened, but it did. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm, there you go. Mm -hmm. You just welded that plate, sir. Did I? Yes, you did. Oh my god, that would be so cool. You gotta Maybe get the roofing I could industry. Just make a roofing company uh, booth and then be welding shit and stuff and people would come over. Dan, I gotta tell you, from my experience, it's crazy lucrative to own a roofing <laughs> business. I cannot tell you. I've partied with these guys, unfortunately, and they are young and they are very wealthy and it is an out-of-control industry. And their houses are dry. Oh, God, yes. That is exactly Insulated the idea. Insulated dry. That's how they got all that money. <laughs> no. All right, thank you. You're welcome. We're here to solve some problems. Uh, we've got time for one more story. I think, Colby, unless there's one you're dying to get to... Nope. Bring I us home. It, it has to be Disney+. Plus. Stellar. I love it. Let's let's bring it in. And actually, there's a little addendum to this, but let's start with the big news. Disney Plus, we finally have the details. We've been talking about it seemingly forever. And now we actually know a couple things. It will launch on November 12th, and it will be available for $6.99 a month, or $69.99 for the year. Uh, we got a first look at the interface. It's gray and boring, but it gets you to the content you're looking for. Uh, Disney Plus will be available to stream through smart TVs, web browsers, and on tablets, mobile devices, and game consoles. They already have deals with Roku and Sony, among others, to make that happen. All Disney Plus content will be available for offline download, and they're promising 4K HDR presentation where applicable. Uh, Disney Plus subscribers will be able to set up individual profiles for those they live with, including parental controls for children's profiles. And Disney Plus will be divided into five hubs um, based on their various franchises. Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and National Geographic. 
they also announced a number of new projects coming to Disney Plus, including some Marvel TV series, one based on Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and another uh, based on Loki and Hawkeye, and another with Scarlet Witch and Vision. Um, there's also going to be a Monsters, Inc. Uh, animated show, a high school musical show, a Star Wars series called The Mandalorian. Um, the Disney Vault program is ending. It'll all have on a, a number of the all of the Disney Vault films will be on there. Uh, there is an interesting, I'll say one last step before I wrap up my blathering. Uh, the streaming service will have about 500 films from the Disney library. In addition to 7,000 episodes of Disney TV, compare that to Netflix, which has 4,335 movies and 1,197 TV series. So much fewer. So there you go. Uh, I think it's interesting to compare this, although the Apple thing doesn't have a price, to compare it to the Apple announcement last month. Mm -hmm. And I think on the whole, I am more excited about this lineup than I was about Apple stuff. And it seems like it's cheaper than Netflix. Yes, it's cheaper than almost everything. Yeah, yeah. I think if you have a kid, this is a no-brainer. Um, certainly sounds pretty appealing. Well, I think, you know, Disney made an extremely smart bet many years ago, which is paying dividends, which is people are more interested in existing IPs than they are in new and developing ones. Now, it's not an exclusive argument, but I think in general that's true these days. And that's why I think Disney, at a $6.99 a month for the series, featuring all the stuff you already like and want to watch. Netflix, mm-hmm. I was on Netflix the other day, just scrolling around, which I rarely do, and I couldn't find anything because there was so much stuff and I hadn't heard of any of it. They do a new show every five minutes. It's insane. There, there's, there's no... It's so much easier for me to go to Disney Plus and be like, oh, I know what all these movies are. I know what all these TV shows are. Yeah. Remember there was a time when it was exciting when there was a new show on Netflix? It was like, oh my god, there's yeah, a new show there were like on Netflix. Three of them. I should check it out. <laughs> that was like 2013, 2014. Oh my man. god. I know. This like Cambrian explosion happened. And, and, and I, I couldn't even... There are, every day there are shows that say Netflix in the lower, lower right-hand corner that I've never heard of, and then they disappear, and I have never heard about them again. <laughs> I'm convinced, legitimately, because I look at the descriptions of some of those shows, and I'm like, who is watching this? Who is this for? And I'm like, an algorithm made this show, and I don't know <laughs> if anyone's watching it. I'm so <laughs> confused. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. But this sounds like cool. I didn't realize National Geographic was involved. Mm-hmm. That was part I don't of. Know. I believe that was part of Fox when they bought them. And more oh, Fox yeah. stuff. This is going to have the entire Simpsons catalog in it. So they're going to be adding mm-hmm. Fox stuff to it as time goes on as they work through some of those rights issues uh, as well. Oh, fascinating. Yeah, I feel like this is all. I'm. And so many movies and presumably new movies will be added. Absolutely. I do wonder like at what cadence, but like I probably what I end up doing is I end up like I never go to the movies anymore, but I do like rent a movie on iTunes once in a while with some frequency. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And this is like the same price as that. Maybe it's what two bucks more. Yeah. And you get all those movies and shows. Yeah. I, I don't know if any of the new original stuff is going to work, to be honest. But I don't think it has to for this to be successful. Right. I mean, Disney, I think for the last couple of years, including this year, has been the number one movie studio at the box office. Um, they've released yeah. all the big movies. If they just put those on here, I think that's worth the six ninety nine alone, never mind the new original stuff. Toads. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at Netflix right now, and if they're trending now thing... So looking at both trending now and popular on Netflix. Uh, let's see. How do I do this? Of, like, the first five or... Yeah, of the first six that they show, 
four out of six of the popular Netflix or Netflix originals, and of the trending now, it's, again, four out of six. Of the ones that I've watched recently, five out of six are Netflix originals. And not Netflix originals, necessarily, but what it, like Great British Baking Show is not a Netflix original. Spoiler alert, that's my pick. But it does say <laughs> Netflix in the upper left, whereas Parks and Recreation is not. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about uh, Disney+. Plus. Uh, I'll wait and see how the Star Wars thing is before I, before I buy it, probably. But fingers crossed. Well, it's going to be worth a shot at six nine nine. One other thing I'll uh, mention is that um, having four K is really interesting because uh, if you're a four K enthusiast, you know that uh, Disney makes it very hard to get their stuff in four K currently. Um, a lot of movie studios you can rent it from a couple different platforms, including Amazon. Disney stuff you can't get in four K anywhere. So the fact that they're going to have it in four K in this is a real selling point. The other thing I'll mention is that uh, Bob Iger, head of Disney, uh, did tease that they would likely combine subscriptions to Disney+, Plus, ESPN+, Plus, and Hulu, of which they actually became an even more majority owner. They just bought out um, Comcast share for over a billion dollars. So now they're the majority owner. They own, they'll own 66% when they're done. Um, and combining them into a single plan, which I think is even more interesting. Yeah. As long as I don't have to have ads. I hate ads. I don't want ads. Agreed. Agreed. TV how it was meant to be. It's kind of crazy that TV was essentially invented to sell ads. And now the ads are going away and it's just the TV left. <laughs> Isn't that neat? For now. For, yeah, they'll find so well. It's like uh, you know, Hulu's putting ads in when you pause the show, and you know they'll <laughs> they'll find innovate. I'm sure Disney trailers will roll before you watch the movies on Disney Plus. You know they'll find some way to. I forget where I was hearing this, but can you imagine if like why if the ads are so valuable? Why isn't CBS All Access free with ads? You just put, you just shove as many ads in there as you would get on cable. And then all these, all these little networks would be cutting out the cable companies entirely. It's a good question. I could speculate. I would be interested in your speculation. My first thought is that having. Having an ad, selling and implementing an ad platform in a streaming service is probably a difficulty that may not be worth what you're getting back in those ads because the the viewership is so different and smaller on a streaming service that you'll make money off the ads, but it's got to be nickels and dimes compared to what you get on network. And so to them, they're probably like, look, we're making enough with the monthly subscriptions that it's not worth the time and effort. I mean, we saw Hulu had ads for years and they've just moved farther and farther away from them to more expensive monthly plans. Did they, uh, I have to imagine that well, from what I know about economics, that almost everyone uses the cheapest Hulu plan. I don't know about that. That, is, that has been proven to be true. It is the it is how these pricing tiers work. You have your low tier, which almost everyone gets. You have your mid tier, which is the design to upsell you to the high tier. And like most people, more people will get the high tier than the mid tier, but it's dwarfed by everyone in the low tier because people just don't want to pay as little as possible. Hulu, does Hulu still have a plan where you get ads? Yeah. I'm looking at their website, and they do not indicate that. Oh, I thought I just recently, I had to sign up for Hulu for something recently. Because there's the $5.99 plan where it says get unlimited access with limited or no ads. And the limited yeah. shows are... But most shows, in my experience, don't have ads. The limited ones are grandfathered in back when it used to be an ad-focused service. Okay, you could be right. That's That was just my experience. And then the price of your pack has the live TV. Right. But I think these companies hate ads. I don't think they want to do ads. Ads are a giant cost in hat. Because then you have to negotiate each ad individually with each company. There has to be like a whole resource behind it. So so then what you're saying is that the ads are just done. 
no, there'll be ads, just not on these video services. Because the thing is, there are going to be shows people don't want to pay for. Well, YouTube. Exactly. Exactly. 100% right. That's where ads will live on services like, or like these services that advertise them. Like, was it Pluto TV and Tubi and some of these other services that are free and they're not because you watch ad crackle. And it's because you're watching ads, the Roku channel. I mean, there's a ton of them that just, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone is like, that's eh, all old movies and stuff. I'm not going to watch it much. I'm not going to pay for it, but the ads are okay. That's where the ads will live on these premium services. These, these high end services. I also think we'll see a lot more bundling, right? Cause we saw Spotify and Hulu are bundling yeah. and you know, I think we'll see a lot more that as well uh also i click if you click through on the hulu website the 5.99 one it gives you two options one is the like 11.99 one that is the no ads one Mm, okay and then the other one is 5.99 i wonder how no ads how few ads there are in the limited tv or limited ads tier it's a good question Good question. All right. Well, we'll try that when it comes out in November. But until then, we've got some other business to do here. It's time for Picks, the part of the show where we each bring something we want to share with the world. We've got quite an eclectic mix here in the rundown. And he's at the bottom, so we'll put him at the top. Colby, what are you bringing this week? Oh, yeah. Uh, I recently bought the game Civilization VI on the... On the Nintendo Switch. Uh, and it is very fun. It's pretty much like, like exactly every other civilization game that you've ever played. Um, but it runs on the switch and you can play it anywhere, which is super cool. How are the controls? Uh, they're okay. Like it's kind of annoying sometimes to like, mm the the most confusing thing is that like there are certain things you do with the sticks and there are certain things you do with the d-pad and like if you do the wrong one you end up like in a whole different place than you intended to um i keep forgetting this but like you're supposed to be able to use the touch screen on this switch to do stuff too Mm -hmm. which i feel like i read a review and they were like use the touch screen it's way easier um but i haven't really done that at all I'm having fun uh, looking through the rundown here to see every time you guys have picked Civilization on the show, (laughs) including Colby, who picked what I think is an expansion pack on January 11th, 2016, and Dan, who picked Civ 5 on February 10th, 2014. Mm. Yeah, I skipped five. Dan was a fan, apparently. (laughs) Dan's a fan. Yeah, the man. it's pretty fun. It's a good way to kill, like, an infinite amount of time. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> the Back when I picked that, I probably, there were a couple of times where I stayed up till, like, an unhealthy hour on a work night. Because it's always that. It's like, okay, I'll do one more turn. And it's like, okay, I'll do one more turn. Okay, I'll do one more turn. And then, like, six hours have gone by. You're, you're, you're like a kid. Just one more, Mom. Just one more. Yeah. It uh, hurts. Neat. Well, be like Colby. Stay up through all hours of the night playing Civilization Six. available now for the Switch and I'm sure other platforms. Uh, $59.99 on Switch, but get it wherever you play games. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go next. We'll go a little out of order, and then Dan can take us home. Uh, guys, I have a lawn. Mm-hmm. And... What? turns out they don't just grow on their own. It's kind of like... Well, it's kind of like a child. You have to... You have to feed it and water it and care for it. And it's a lot of work. Kind of a believe it. Yeah. Um, But it's also 2019. So we're getting into the future here. And I've discovered this fantastic app, my lawn from the folks at Scott's miracle grow, you know, Scott's the people who make the fertilizers and such. Uh, They've got this great mobile app for uh, iPhone and Android. And you can either use any company's fertilizer or you can do what I did, which is you think you get a four pack of fertilizer to use throughout the year from spring to fall. And you put all the information in the app, you put in your location, you put in information about what products of theirs you have, what your lawn looks like, and they create a custom lawn care plan in the app. They tell you exactly when to put down the fertilizers, 
They actually measure the weather in your area and will say whether or not your lawn has enough water and should you water your lawn. Um, it will measure your lawn to make sure that it's you're you're putting down the right amount of fertilizer. Uh, it can tell you uh, if you need additional weed feed, seed grub, and weed treatments. Uh, you can even reach out to them for customer care and some lawn care tips. And it's so free. It just comes as part of the package. So I was buying the fertilizer anyway. I said, I'm going to try the app. The app's really cool. It tells I got to put down fertilizer this week. Um, and I know that because of the app. So if you have a lawn and uh, and you're going to fertilize it anyway, I would check out the My Lawn app. Uh, it's free. And, uh, and try it out. The water thing is really neat. Um, because knowing... You have to be really careful when you put down fertilizer. You got to make sure the lawn is properly watered. Otherwise, you will literally burn it. The chemicals in the fertilizer will burn your lawn um, if you don't have enough water. And so the app right here, it says I've had 1.91 inches of rainfall in the last seven days. So I'm good. I don't have to water it. But um, wow. but you can see it says ideal date to apply uh, April 19th through May 17th. Um, it tells you what product to put down. It's neat. So anyway, check it out if you got a lawn. Nifty. Use it. Oh uh, man, I forgot. I got a. I got a new Bluetooth button ooh. that I meant to try out for the show tonight, and I totally forgot to try ooh, it. Which button? Well, I got the one they talked about in Dubai Friday. The, the 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 flick the flick button. Um, what I want is I want to press the button to record in the health app that I drank a glass of water. Nice. Because why do I not record it? Because I take out your phone, swipe up, navigate to the thing. Maybe you set up a series shortcut, in which case it's open the phone, swipe left, scroll down, press a button. I just want to be at my desk and just like, boop, press it. You, you, you got to hook it up to some kind of like speaker or air horn or something that celebrates well, you did it. One of their default it. button integrations is, of course, the fart noise that plays on your phone. So, yeah. <laughs> Does Dan have gas today? No, he just drank a lot of water. <laughs> I like that. All right, Dan, what do you what do you what are you doing here? What do you got? OK, I watched not when, while I was uh, passed out or right before I passed out when we were going to be doing the show last week, I was watching the Great British Bake Off, which you may have heard of. And it's kind of like a reality show. And the premise is there are all these bakers in a giant tent out in the middle of the English countryside. And they are baking stuff. And there's the really there's two judges. One's really nice and one's kind of mean, but still really nice by American standards. And they bake stuff, and it's all super wholesome, and you learn... I don't really know anything about baking, so I've also been learning a lot. Uh, like, I don't even know what some of these things are that they're making. Uh, never mind, like, how fermentation works, and like, how to, like, deal with cultures, and so on and so on. Uh, so, I've been really enjoying it. It is on the Netflix. Yeah, have either of you watched this? I watched the first season. Okay. Yes. I've seen a couple of seasons. All right. It actually did get me excited for baking. I made a zucchini bread this past weekend, and ah, I've been trying to bake more. So, and you're right, cool. Dan. I, cool. It's fun that it's British baking because, like, the confections over there are not the same as they are here. <laughs> yeah. So you see, you do see some like crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I guess way, that's a good point. Do you know why it's called? the Great British Bake Off in Britain, but here they have to change it to Great British Baking Show? No. no I was trying to figure that out. Oh, well, here's a fun fact for you. In the United States, the Pillsbury Company owns the trademark on the term Bake Off. And so they wouldn't get sued. Oh, they God. had to drop that part and just call it the Great British Baking Show. That's horrific. USA. USA. America. Hell yeah. Sweet. Well, that's an eclectic mix of picks. Uh, and after this eclectic show, guys, we're done. We're, we're, we're strictly out of time. All right. We've done it. Stick a fork we'll in us. We're finished. We didn't even get time to talk about your thoughts on the NFL schedule release. We'll have to do that next week. Um, <laughs> but I do want to thank everyone out there for joining us. Before I mention some stuff about this show, I do want to quickly plug. We are continuing our Shaken Not Stirred deep dive on James Bond over at up for debate. We did not do a show last week. Matt was traveling, but this week I am 
truly excited because it is our leftovers bond episode we're doing Lazenby's uh, on on her majesty's secret service we're doing the sean connery non-canon never say never again which is bonkers and we're doing both timothy dalton movies and i have aggressive opinions on these that i am confident will surprise matt and the folks listening so mm. you're going to want to list that episode at up for debate.tv or wherever you get podcasts coming later this week Wait, was Honor Majesty's Secret Service on that list too? Yes. Yep. Yep. I will actually watch that one. I had never seen that one. And after we uh, did the last episode that I was on, I watched it. It's very different. It's yeah. It was like a real movie. Yes, that, that is a very good way crazy. to put it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like there are characters in this movie <laughs> with feelings. Yeah. Right. Um, it's going to be a fun one. So check that out. This show, however, is available at don'tpanic.io or wherever you get podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, now on Spotify. Uh, the, uh, YouTube version is available as well, but just go to our website, don'tpanic.io. The shows will be there. The links to all our picks will be there, which is really nice. You can just click and check that out. And of course, uh, you can follow us at don't panic show on Twitter or emails. Don't panic show at gmail.com. We will be back next time with more tech news and fun adventures on behalf of Colby and Dan. I am Sean. Thank you for being here. We'll see you next time on another don't panic. This has been a Coffee and Beer production, executive produced by Dan Miller, Colby Rabideau, and Sean Jennings. To learn more, visit coffeeandbeer.tv.